0: Good morning. Bible reading today is upside down at the moment. <laughs> it's from Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 to 18, and I'm reading from the NIV version. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament... Grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. The second Bible verse is from 3 John 5 to 8. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. You will do well do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. This is the true word of God.
1: Thanks, Tina, and thanks, team, for the way we've been led in worship this morning and how great is it um, when, when God speaks to us all through similar verses and, and themes, that's, that's really cool to hear. Um, so hi everyone, my name's Joanna, for those who don't know me, although I think I've probably met most of you coming through the door as we've continued our COVID registration requirements over the last number of months. And as Haley said, this morning we're continuing our series called Multi-Missional. And we're spending about six weeks in this series exploring the ways in which we as individuals and church, the church, as the body of believers, can be a witness to the gospel, or in other words, how we can be on mission with God. And Emily unpacked a bit about what this mission looks like last week. It's, it's the sharing of the good news that God's kingdom is being established and God's reign and order is being restored in this broken world and that that's open to everyone who believes in Jesus. And we're invited by God to be part of this mission of seeing his kingdom come. And the idea in this series is that that does include directly speaking to people about Jesus, as Scott shared so wonderfully with us today. And that's what we would typically call evangelism. But that there's many other examples in the Bible of what can be considered mission activities or furthering God's kingdom. Sam shared a couple of weeks ago about being intentionally present and relational, and understanding the power and the role of the Holy Spirit. And Emily spoke last week about the role of prayer and compassion, and how they work together to help us respond to people, and draw them into, or to show them, God's kingdom. And this week, we're looking at giving and generosity. And we'll ask ourselves the question, how is being generous part of participating in God's mission? I want to point out from the start today that The focus is really on financial giving today um, and generosity. There's lots of other ways to give, of course. We can give our time, our skills, our things. um, But today we're just going to focus on financial giving. So in the New Testament, we see many examples of Christian workers, people people whose full-time work it is to share the good news of the kingdom or being on mission and how they're supported to do that. We're going to look at three aspects of that and unpack what they mean in terms of being part of God's mission through being generous. So in Matthew 10, uh, verses 5 to 10, we have a record of Jesus sending out the 12 disciples. It says, "These, These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. So the disciples here are essentially the first missionaries being sent out. Now sent by Jesus to announce the kingdom of the God and also to show people what that looks like, by healing them from all manner of problems and diseases. And we can see from those instructions that Jesus gave that there's a clear expectation that as the disciples told people about the good news of the kingdom, that they would have their day-to-day needs of food and clothing and shelter met. Paul also refers to this expectation of support in one of his letters to the Corinthian church, where he says, Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple, and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. So the first thing we can see is that we can participate in mission by maintaining or supporting the day-to-day living of those whose work it is to share the good news with others. Then to further expand that idea... In 3 John, we have a very short letter where the Apostle John specifically writes to praise a church leader, Gaius, for supporting travelling teachers. Now, the context and the background for that is that in the first two centuries, the gospel message was taken from place to place by travelling evangelists and teachers. We all know of Paul, of course, who did that a lot, (laughs) and he refers to many others in his letters as well, such as Apollos, Phoebe. Priscilla and Aquila, Titus, Timothy, and Christians in each place would take these travelling teachers or missionaries into their homes and when they left, they gave them provisions for their onward journey. So let's look again at what um, the Apostle John says to to Gaius in his letter. He says, Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honours God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. So, what I want to draw out out of that is that the term being used here when it says send them on their way is a term called propempo, which means way more than just sending someone off by waving them goodbye. It means to assist someone or to help them on their journey with all the necessary arrangements and provisions. That could mean providing food, money, a means of transport, letters of introduction, or even escorting someone part of the way. It's also worth noting that John points out that these teachers are not receiving help from the pagans, which means they're not commercial travellers. They're not earning money from doing other things while they're on the road teaching the gospel. It's their full-time work, and John acknowledges and praises Gaius that they should be adequately supported as they do that. And this term, propempo, is actually the term that's used in several other places in the New Testament, particularly by Paul, when he's writing to people about the type of... a si- That's a mouse just running past. <laughs> um, we'll deal with that later, Tony. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Slight distraction there for us. Um... Yeah, so when Paul's writing to people about the type of assistance he hopes will be given, he says in a couple of examples, here, he's writing to the Corinthians. He says, perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey, or propempo, wherever I go. And in writing to Titus, he says, do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way, the term propempo, and see that they have everything they need. So here we've got some clear examples of using our financial resources to provide for and support those whose work it is to share the good news of God's kingdom. And they're challenging examples. Paul and John are not just talking about giving someone a once-off donation or gift before they leave or going to the airport to wave them off if they're travelling somewhere to do that. They're talking about a generous investment in the, in the work that someone is doing to forward God's mission. John says to do it in a way that honours God. I've personally experienced this idea of of propempo or really providing for someone during the time I was serving with one of Tearfund Australia's partners in Zimbabwe a few years ago. Um, During the times that I came back to Australia from Zimbabwe, people would host me at their houses for weeks at a time. And uh, some of my cousins let me stay at their house and use their car while they were overseas um, more than once. And I also experienced it when, at one stage, I was given a week to leave Zimbabwe uh, after being refused a long-term visa. A family from South Africa who were friends of the person I was volunteering for took me in at a moment's notice and was so hospitable, providing me with everything I needed as I grappled with that really difficult and sudden transition. And I also think that our church has done this when both hosting and sending our PAYS team members Families welcomed them here um, and they welcomed them as their own while they served here and ensured that they had absolutely everything they needed so that they could do the work that God had called them to in our community and our our church. And then as they left and went on to their next assignment, we as a church recognised what they'd given up to serve us and we all were really generous out of our own funds and also out of church funds to really support them as they moved on to the next thing that God had for them. And I really think that's what the essence of that term, ProPempo, is talking about when it talks about supporting people. But perhaps the most awesome example of this concept of supporting those who are on mission with God in the New Testament is that of the long-term partnership of the Philippian church with Paul. Philippi was the first place that Paul went in the region of Macedonia or what is modern day Greece Um, and the church there partnered with him throughout his remaining missionary journeys and through his imprisonment in Rome and it was probably about 10 to 12 years in total that they provided this support and he wrote this in a letter to them from house arrest in Rome, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then towards the end of the letter, he adds, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And we can look back to that first day that Paul refers to in the partnership in Acts 16 where Lydia came to faith in Philippi and insisted that Paul and Silas come and stay at her house while they remained there. And from Paul's reference to gifts, we know that the support given over the years has been financial, and it may have included practical things as well, such as bedding, clothing and writing materials. And Paul also points out that their generosity has been ongoing and unmatched, and that it's a sacrifice that is pleasing to God. The phrase partnership in the gospel that he uses refers to a partnership in and for the sake of the gospel. In other words, the Philippian church's partnership with Paul and support of him contributed directly to the mission of sharing God's kingdom. And I see this too uh, in modern times with organisations like Tear Fund Australia and Global Mission Partners who partner with local Christian not-for-profits who are bringing something of God's kingdom to people experiencing poverty and marginalisation. I'm on the Tear Fund board, and last weekend, during a board meeting, we got to meet the staff of an organisation in Pakistan that Tear Fund has supported for over 10 years, and they took us on a visit via Zoom. It's amazing what you can do. Um, Out into the community to meet some people who have been benefiting from a project that they've been running in that community for a long time. And the benefits of that long-term partnership, both for the staff and organisation and the communities they were working in, was really evident just through the signs and sounds of God's kingdom coming in those places that we we got to experience as a board. So we can see that the New Testament shows us three aspects of participating in mission through generous giving. We see that those who are on mission should have their day-to-day needs met. We should ensure that those we support have everything they need along the way. We should support them really well. And that long-term partnership in mission is so, so valuable, as Paul told us. So it's clear that this partnership in mission, supporting generously financially, is something that's talked about and modelled in the New Testament. We've seen that when people are undertaking this mission of declaring the good news of God's kingdom, it's our privilege and our responsibility to generously support them. And another key thing I want us to realise today out of that is that generosity is just as vital a contribution as if we were going and doing these things ourselves. It's a full partnership in mission. And those who give financially are not just sitting on the sidelines, they're players just as much as those who are doing the work. And they're contributing just as much to God's mission through their generosity. Now, as a church, through the Missions Committee, who actually we're meeting after the service today, we seek to be generous in giving to support people and organisations who are sharing the good news. And we challenge ourselves to ensure we partner well with those people and organisations as well. As a reminder, we're financially supporting the Jennings family as they minister in Maury and Nick Cass and Joseph von Berkey as they minister in Turkish... Turkish Cyprus. We give monthly to both families. And while Nick and Cass are still in Australia after Joseph's birth and just waiting till the COVID situation works itself out so that they can head back, we've we've continued our monthly support of them during this time. And like I mentioned earlier, these partnerships are not only supporting individuals, but we can extend that to include support of organisations working in their local communities. And we we do that as well as, as a missions committee. So, before I speak directly to us today um, about generosity in our own lives, uh, I want to highlight one more thing uh, in an example, again, from Paul. So, there was, um, during Paul's sort of missionary travels, there was a famine in the region of Jerusalem, and the Jews were pretty hard hit in that, and Paul organised, as he travelled around, an offering to be collected and brought to Jerusalem from the churches throughout Macedonia and Archaea. And you'll see that referenced in a few of his letters. And what I want to highlight is what he says about the result of that generous giving, which he says as he writes to the Corinthians. He says to them, "...this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves..." Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So when we give generously, not only are needs met, meaning people are seeing glimpses of God's kingdom, but thanksgiving and praise to God follow. So Paul tells us that people are pointed to God through our generosity. Being generous is a vital way that we can participate in God's mission. So, logically, the question that follows for us today is, are we being generous in the matter of supporting God's mission? We all know we should give, and we all know that our finances are something that we should seek to honour God in. And this is not specifically a sermon about that. Um, I'm also not going to give a formula or a suggested percentage of what constitutes generous giving. I'm not gonna debate whether you should do all your giving to the church or split it up between the church and organizations because that's not actually what the heart of generous giving for mission is all about. But what I do wanna do is invite us all to think about our giving again because it can either be something that we haven't explored or maybe haven't been challenged about if we're newer in our faith or it can be something that we end up setting and forgetting and don't come back to. And I think it's healthy to come back to it and review it. So the first thing I'd say is to have a plan for your giving. Both the amount you're going to give, how often you're giving, and where you're going to give it. I did some research, and interestingly, there's some recent statistics that indicate that younger generations are more likely to give once-off gifts when they hear of a need or are specifically asked, will you support something? Whereas older generations are more likely to be regular givers. And there's lots of reasons for both those things and neither of them are either good or bad. But if you are a once-off giver, I'd encourage you to ask yourself, does that mean there are times when you're not giving anything? And to consider the benefits of giving in long-term partnership with your church family or other people or organisations. And if you're a regular donor and giver to the church or to a person or organisation, have you recently reviewed how much you're giving? And secondly, I'd say to have a look at your spending priorities in general. Where does giving to kingdom work come into those spending patterns? Is it a priority? Is it more of an afterthought? Are there things that have started to creep up in your weekly and monthly spending so that they're now quite significant and that's kind of just snuck up on you? We can think back to the topic too of simplicity that Emily preached on a couple of weeks ago, that spiritual discipline of simplicity. And we can ask ourselves how much is enough? Also, what's God prompting you about in the area of priorities? What's he drawing your attention to? I recently had contact with an organisation through my job that I didn't know about previously. I got to actually meet some of the people and hear their stories and I was so moved that when I went away, I had a look around their website and I decided to start giving a small monthly amount. And I hadn't been planning to increase my giving, but I just really wanted to respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in that. And finally, I'd say that if you're truly committed to orienting your finances around God and His kingdom and participating in mission through giving, be prepared for God to be faithful and to work in that space. I've shared some of my journey with this before, and I don't have time to to repeat all that today, but you're welcome to come and chat with me if you want to unpack that more. And I'd also say to ask yourself if the way you spend your money, what you give to and how generous you are in in general, provides people with an opportunity to ask you why you choose to spend your money that way. You might be really surprised the impact that that can have on people as they hear from you, your heart, of why you choose to support certain things, why you choose to, um, how you choose to orient your finances. And maybe, as Paul said to the Corinthians, you will see that the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else, maybe people will see that in your giving as you share. So to sum up today, being generous really is a vital way we can be part of participating in God's mission and seeing his kingdom come on earth. So maybe today is the first time you've seriously considered generosity as a way of participating in mission. I hope that what we've explored has helped you to understand that a bit more. Or maybe you've been reminded this morning of the importance and value of generosity and you're being prompted to think about it in a fresh way. I'd encourage you to sit with God in that and to talk about it with someone if you feel him prompting you in this area and you feel you need some accountability or just want to work through that. So I'm going to pray for us. Lord, we're so thankful for the many ways in which we can participate in your mission. And I thank you for the examples that we can see throughout the New Testament of individuals and the church really generously supporting the work of mission and seeing your kingdom come. And for the examples that we see today and that we as a church, even in our missions giving, are supporting people and organisations who are seeking to bring your kingdom in some of the really poor and marginalised places in the world in particular, Lord, but also how we do that in our own communities and in our own lives, Lord. So we thank for, we, we just thank you, Lord, that we can be generous. I pray, Father, that um, each of us would be willing to come before you and just ask you, to be with us in the area of our finances that we will ask ourselves what are sometimes the hard questions of where are the priorities in our spending and how can we um, better use the resources that we have to be part of participating in your mission lord in jesus name amen